0: At law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered to be especially
1: demanding. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are part of an elite squad known as Allens. These are their stories.
0: All right, hello and welcome to another sensational episode of Allens Confidential. As always, I'm Geneva, your host, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Caitlin. Today, we're very lucky to be joined by two partners, Elect, Tristan Iredell and Felicity McMahon. Tristan works now at projects and development group over in the Perth office and Felicity is Sydney-based in our competition team. Today we're going to be talking career progression and mentorship and thinking about the Allen's career deal and what that actually means. Welcome both and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks Geneva for your very enthusiastic welcome. It's great to be here. I guess what we
0: like to do to kick the podcast off is to ask our guests what podcast you've been listening to lately. So Felicity, did you want to kick that off?
1: I am a, a podcast lover. So I listen to lots and lots of podcasts, particularly when I'm wa- walking around uh, and doing some exercise. I like um, the daily from the New York times, the economist, the spectator for economics, the boss files, Ways to change the world. Um, I'm a relatively new mum, so I have my dose of baby and motherhood podcast like the longest, shortest time. But I guess a couple of my favorites at the moment are Revision, uh, which is sort of an in-depth background view of things that are that have happened in the past or happening now, and gives you an overview of that. And I really love Desert Island Discs, uh, which is an old favorite, a classic. Um, from the UK, but one of my favourites. Probably a better
0: question would have been: Are there any podcasts that you don't listen to currently? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes.
2: I have to admit that I'm a bit of a dinosaur in this regard. Um, I've subscribed to, to the Economist for the longest time and enjoy going to my mailbox and getting out the magazines and and reading them. But I have I have been online, so I've been trying their podcast as well, which is is very good. So we might make a modern person of me. Yet yeah, I do listen to. I'm a bit of a lead Sales tragic, so I have been listening to her and Annabelle Crabbe's, uh podcast, uh, which is which is quite a bit of fun. I'm not, maybe not their target audience, but that's quite enjoyable. But Felicity's inspired me to get a bit more involved.
0: Do you know, I've never actually listened to the podcast, but I am part of the Facebook group for Chat 10, and it's like the most wholesome corner of the internet. It's just like beautiful baking stories and like kindness. It's so lovely.
2: Yeah, I like to do a bit of baking. So there's some there's some good recipes. They're really quite yeah, they're quite
1: on top of this. Oh I, I love I'm on that Facebook group too. That's one of my podcast, But um I love the which tile shall I choose for my kitchen? Uh.
0: <laughs> someone yesterday was re- asking about um personality type recommendations. So I was like, oh, this is the website I like where you get assigned a number and they tell you anyway, it's very nice.
3: Hopefully um chat 10 is your gateway. Drug Tristan into the world of podcasts forevermore. Now,
2: yeah, maybe, maybe, and the economist is it was good as well. So I've been doing a bit more of that. Felicity inspired me in some of our preparation conversations. So I'm not quite a, at her level. There's a lot more in that list than I recall from last time. So I've
0: a bit away <laughs> yeah, ago. yeah, that's right. I always do that aspirational thing where I'm like, "Oh, yes, that sounds like a wonderful podcast. So I subscribe to it and my phone downloads 50 different episodes. And then my Mm. phone tells me it's out of space. So I just go and like offload all of the podcasts. Um, but one day I'll actually listen to the educational ones that I download. Mm. I
1: I have to, I have to say, I, I, I take a similar approach, um, Geneva, but I'm also, I I feel like I'm in an open relationship with all my subscriptions and that I don't have to be sort of, I don't have to commit to them or, or, you know, watch every, listen to everyone i'm i'm pretty um pretty pretty quick to end and end a podcast if it's not interesting man and and skip to another one maybe that's where i'm going wrong because
0: i feel like if i listen to a podcast i have to listen to every single episode before i can say that that's the podcast that
1: i listen to no pick and choose you guys have given me a lot to think about to take away Isn't this the millennial way? Like, I mean, I'm technically a millennial and you you just take what you want from the world.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We better learn about your career journeys, guys. I'm interested in that. Uh, Tristan, do you want to start with telling us uh, kind of how you got to where you are?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a little bit of a a varied journey, somewhat non-linear. I I started another firm. Um, I thought I would be an M&A lawyer and, and started doing that sort of work in my graduate year. A couple of years later, the GFC hit in a big way. So I ended up going and doing a bunch of construction litigation work, really enjoyed that brought in the front end transactional construction work. And that, that really started my journey. And you know, I ended up as a, as a partner in project development and construction. So, you know, these, these strange opportunities that come out of, um, you know the the unknown or unforeseen events. I actually moved to eleven uh, Allens in about I moved to Allens in about two thousand and eleven um, to continue that transactional project work, and then moved in early two thousand and fourteen to Singapore. Uh, there's a huge amount of work in Southeast Asia, and 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 Singapore is obviously an amazing uh, hub to be based out of. So. I brought that construction project development skills and then dabbled in project finance work as well so worked all over Southeast Asia for, for almost four years so I've been back at Allen's now for about about two and a half and sort of heading up the construction project development practice here in Perth so that's me
0: amazing how was your time overseas I mean that sounds like an incredible opportunity
2: yeah it really is I mean I'd rec- I'd recommend it to anyone honestly the the different cultures, the different experiences. Everyone does things slightly differently. Um, Asia and Southeast Asia is, is hugely busy, obviously. And the work is tough. The hours are, are pretty long, but it's it's very rewarding. And that whole client piece, you know, going out with clients, you know, um, uh, socially and, and at work, it's, it's really magnified there. Everyone's a bit of an orphan in Singapore. So you all sort of band together and, and do a lot together. So it's an amazing experience.
0: And what prompted you to go there? I mean, was it something that fell into your life or was it something that you were actively pushing for?
2: I'd always wanted to go overseas, honestly. I had thought about going to London originally and then um, the GFC and other things. I got caught up here and and kept working. So it was always something I wanted to do. But Alan's, I had been doing a lot of work with Alan's overseas. I was doing a lot of work in Indonesia, in India, project development on cement plants, of all things. And that really kicked off an interest in the work happening in Asia. So I then actively looked and took that experience um, over, over there.
0: Amazing. And Felicity, you've spent some time abroad as well. What about your career journey and your path to Allens?
1: Yeah, so I actually started my career in London. So I went straight from university um, to Linklater's. Um, and this was all very much pre the Allens and the Linklater's alliance. The set Yes, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and I was just so keen to, um, move out of, um, I guess, um, the Hills district that I decided <laughs> that the, the only way to do that was to move country. Uh, I basically moved from my parents' house, um, to London. So, uh, that was, that was great, um, great distance <laughs> to put between us.
3: Yeah, a bit of a baptism of fire from the hills to the of London as well.
1: Indeed, indeed. But, uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to um, live and work overseas, so I thought, well, why not do it off the bat? And so I went there and I uh, did my training contract, qualified as an English lawyer as well as an Australian lawyer and um, then stayed at Linklaters for a little while, um, qualifying into the, the competition team there. And then I moved to uh, a US law firm called Kirkland and Ellis in London and um, they were sort of establishing a new competition practice. I was really attracted to sort of helping them um, be part of building that practice in London and then I decided to move back to Sydney and came to Allens um, and by that point there was an alliance between Allens and Linklater's which was convenient because uh, some due diligence could be conducted uh, about me with the partners. Unfortunately, um, it all came back pretty clean and helpful. So, um, yeah, I came back to Allen's in 2015 and have been um, here since then. We had just now a rise to the top. All the way yes. Through. Well, I'm not sure we'd call it the top quite yet, Geneva. <laughs> There's still <laughs> ambition here. We're still going Still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. I guess for our people listening to this
0: podcast, I mean, they're sort of at the very early stage of their career. Um, And one thing that we always talk about at Allen's is the Allen's career deal. And to be honest, I actually got quite far through the clerkship process without actually knowing what that meant or (laughs) understanding it. So, I mean, (laughs) maybe someone wants to just jump in and give us a quick overview of what the Allen's career deal actually is um, and how you've seen that in action in your own career.
1: Yeah,
2: sure. I'm happy to start. I mean, I think the, the idea of the Allens career deal is what you'll share, what you'll contribute as a, as a lawyer or as a senior associate and, and, and continuing on and then what Allens will contribute and how we'll help support it. So it's a really a two-way process and that actually then touches on what I really like about the deal. Uh, it's a self-driven for your own career. It's up to you to engage and seek out opportunities taking ownership of work, allowing you to step up and really get involved to the extent that you want to. And then Allens will support that. We'll give you the, the training, the coaching, the mentoring, both, both formal and informal, flexible working, whatever you need to make sure that your career's a success.
0: And how is that for you? How have you seen that play out for yourself personally?
2: For me, it's the taking ownership of work, certainly coming to Allen's and doing largely that dispute construction litigation type work, wanting to get involved in the transactional work, getting involved and being supported by the people at Allen's to get involved and do more of that work as much as as I wanted. Travelling overseas to Asia, sure, you you can do that if you want. We'll give you the support, but if, if that's what you're after, go and run that and go and take ownership of that. So, you can really guide your your career and Allen's will support you in the way that you want to do that, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's a bit of a, you know, speak up about what you want and people will try and make that happen for you.
2: Yeah, a little bit. But equally, Allen's provides a a lot of training, formal, informal. So, they'll support you, I I believe. in in that, And that that continues to this day, even, even with where I am now.
0: Yeah, amazing. And
1: Felicity, how about you? What's your experience with the career deal been like? Yeah, well I came to Alan's pretty sort of I guess later in my career um sort of not with not much experience of working in Australia. And so um it was sort of uh it was there was a process of working with my mentors to um work out really how to carve out a practice and start developing a practice that suited and leveraged my existing skills and experience. And I think that, um, you know, it's very much a two way process. What can I contribute to help build our practice and the firm? And in doing so, there's sort of a return element of, well, we're helping you build your own practice in doing that as well. And um, yeah, I think that um, uh, a lot of the career deal is about, it's very much about trust um and, and it's also about um leveraging and, and thinking about our values so um being in it together really and how can we all contribute to um, fostering greatness in each other and fostering greatness in the firm so that um you have a have a career that's that's good for you and is going to be you know profitable and rewarding and also contribute to um the the the, um the firm. So no I think that um it works quite well. I mean I think we also have two words which um which do really mark uh and characterize the Allen's culture and those are sort of meritocracy and collegiality so we are a very collegiate firm and that there's a lot of sharing of ideas um between teams between levels of, of different staff and i think to practice that properly to be collegiate you have to be a meritocracy you have to um, recognize that everybody's ideas are valuable irrespective of what level they are and i do think that is um in essence, what describes Allens. I mean, we, we encourage people to, to make uh, a contribution to business development at an early age. We recognize the contribution that can be made by, by junior associates and junior lawyers in, in helping foster a really positive and meaningful relationship with clients. And, and that's, um, that's really part of it. Yeah. And I mean, just to
0: inject myself into the conversation, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, you know, from a junior perspective, that's been my experience as well. Like when we went to the firm and said, Hey, we have a podcast that we'd like to do. I mean, everyone was so supportive of that. And to me, that's sort of the ultimate expression of the career deal. If I can come up to them with something as insane as that, and people are happy to listen. then I think that shows that it must be working on some level in a good way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think there's other practical examples of that, Geneva. It's like um, the arena events that that we host. So yep. those, I'm sure you've talked about those before, but those are opportunities for junior lawyers to invite their client contacts to a firm-sponsored event. And um, because we recognize that it's really great for you to have your own clients, it's also great for the firm, and we want to help you start building your own practice. Um, and, and that's what those those events are designed to do.
0: Yeah, and those events are great fun because, um, you know, if you're in a client meeting, usually there's more senior people there um, and when you have an arena event, it's sort of people at the client who are at your level. So there's sort of that almost level of supervision, like the parents aren't there and so you just get to mm-hmm. have a really fun night where you're chatting <laughs> yeah. and hanging out.
2: You shouldn't underestimate the value in that. These are people that will accompany you throughout your career wherever wherever it may end up. They may stay in law firms with their colleagues, other law firms, they end up in house, they may you know, progress through. I've run into people in London, New York and Singapore that you know, started together and have end up in various places. So, so doing that early, I think is really beneficial for in, in a number of respects.
3: Yeah, amazing. Oh, I look forward to that with bed of breath while we uh, count down from social distancing restrictions to throw myself into that arena in a big way. <laughs> Did you guys always know you wanted to be partner or was that something that came to you gradually? Tristan if you want to kick things off
2: sure yeah I think so I've I've had a number of other experiences you obviously always know colleagues and contacts that have done other things I spent some time on secondment obviously I have friends in house but for me it's something I always thought I would aim at I think it's important to be open but the more I experienced life at a firm, the more I went through. I really enjoyed the the broad variety of clients. I enjoyed the work, and more importantly, I really enjoyed the people, the management aspects as well. So, so for me, the more involved I got, the more I thought that you know this this really is this really is for me and, and making to that partner level was something that I wanted to do.
3: Oh, that's great, Felicity. What about you? Yeah, I think
1: my experiences have um, as I've A bit like Tristan really, the experience I've had as I've gone through and progressed in my career have reinforced my desire to, to stay in private practice and also become a partner Um, Like Tristan, I also experienced time on secondment to a client um, early in my career and I really enjoyed that and it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, But it did, particularly as a competition lawyer, made me realise that actually a lot of what I enjoy about what I do is the ability to um, look at and work in different industries and sectors and with different subject matter. um, And it's always different. And that's what I find really intellectually stimulating and rewarding about being in private practice as opposed to being in in in-house i never really thought about going to government i don't think that that's something that would really um necessarily appeal to me Um, and you know i toyed with the idea of being in different um, professions so i tried being a banker for a while i tried being an auditor for a while And I kept coming back to the idea that I liked words and arguments and I liked tackling, um, issues from that perspective. And I think competition law gives me uh, the ability to throw some numbers in as well. So it sort of gives me both, um, covers sort of both uh, areas of interest for me, but you know, like, um, like Tristan, uh, one of the things that, I really like about working at a firm like Allen's is that I like working in teams. I, you know, I really don't like one of the things I don't like doing is sitting in a room and being forced to think about a problem on my own without contact with other people. And it's awful. I like bouncing ideas off people. I like communicating. I love getting into a room with a whiteboard and sitting there with my team and saying, right, how are we going to tackle this problem? Like, what are the arguments? What are the evidence? And we do that a lot at Allen's. Um, particularly in um, in the competition team. And, um, yeah, so I don't think, you know, I don't think the bar would be right for me. I never really thought it would be because I just like that human contact um, pretty regularly. It's a really good point
2: you make about teams and teamwork, and it goes back to the point you made, Felicity, about collegiality, and I feel like that you, I, like you, have, have worked at a few different places, and I feel that's a very... It's a good advantage of ours, that collegiality. I rarely sit in a room, I am sitting in my office by myself today, but rarely sit in an office trying to nut out a problem. There's always someone at all levels that, that can help and work it out together.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess now we've just sort of talked about, you know, being part of a team and really working with others. And I guess as more senior members of your team, Part of that is supporting the more junior lawyers and helping them in their development and helping them to identify and expand on their practice, so Felicity, maybe you want to start, but I mean for both of you, what role do you see yourselves playing in supporting the lawyers how does that play out
1: day to day? Yes, yeah, so um, at allen's everybody has a performance coach, and those um, we take coaching very seriously at allen's we have you know, regular check-ins and your performance coach, you're supposed to, I I certainly see it as my role as a performance coach, to help um, set you up for success um, and help you open the doors and grease the wheels and give you direction and help work out the, um, you know, the way you want to develop your career Um, or, or get the most out of your experience in a particular rotation. So when I have a um, have have sessions with my the people that I coach, we sit down and we work out what are the areas that they want to focus on in terms of subject matter, um, of industries and sectors to focus on, and we work out things that they can do to um, gain experience in those areas. And I will keep my ear to the ground to make sure that if the there are opportunities that come up, that I. Um, I, you know, facilitate um, whoever I'm coaching to have access to those, or I'll put people in contact, or I'll help them push forward a new project or an idea, or I'll get them to come to sector sector meetings. We have lots of sector meetings in, in Allen's. We um, like to share uh, ideas. Uh, about a sector across practice groups, and we find that really useful, and we like to get junior lawyers involved in those because we find it really helpful. Um, so that's what we do and I try and set up really tangible goals so that you know we can say at the end of a, a period of review that you know we achieve those goals together um, or well, not together, but um, that the lawyer achieved those goals and, and, and hopefully I can help um, them achieve those goals. Um, so, whether it's, you know, writing a publication or facilitating with a pitch or um, being involved in 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 some sector business development or know-how development, um, that's how we start um, carving out a practice um, area of focus and, and development. Amazing. And how about you, Tristan?
2: Yeah, I can only endorse Felicity's comments there. I think... There's a formal role as performance coaching and and the formal review process, but also on an informal basis. Certainly, no feedback or development should be a surprise to anybody. So I I tend to—I'm a fairly informal person. I tend to bounce between offices and um, less easy at the moment, but you know, maintaining that contact and working with people informally to maintain, make make sure they're doing work in the areas that they want. Uh, As Phyllis says, carving out what area of practice they would like to. develop, but also getting broader experience, especially in an office like Perth, as you know, we do a broad range of work being a slightly smaller office. So the more the informal conversation is as well, encouraging people to pursue their career goals, I guess, but also checking in on wellbeing and and other things. So there's a bit of a mix there, I think.
1: One of the things which has been great, I think, about, or a silver lining about being, uh, in a sort of working from home situation due to the coronavirus is that we've taken actually a more concerted effort or made a more concerted effort to check in more regularly because we don't have those sort of incidental, um, uh, you know, um, in- interactions in the office. So I've actually had weekly check ins with each of my, uh, or each of the lawyers that I coach. And that's just you know 15 minutes to talk about how things are going how they're feeling um what support do they need what are they looking for work um how they have felt something's gone or do they have any issues or concerns that they want to raise so it's certainly a really open dialogue and approach and um it's it's also been great just to get to know people uh, more because you know in the office you might have those incidental interactions but you might not have um, the focus on sort of getting to know each other like you do Um, the effort you have to make when you are physically separate. So, yeah, it's been great.
2: Yeah, you really see behind the veil a little bit for better or for worse into people's (laughs) um, not personal lives isn't the right expression, but, you know, more about what makes them tick. In fact, some of these more informal interactions and and being very conscious of being connected, I hope and and think we will carry through into the next phase. It's not Mm. such a formal review process and we have this discussion now about this, it's more of an interactive um, or ongoing continuous feedback and more discussion about how things are going generally. I think that's a real positive we can take away from this, this current situation to be honest.
1: Yeah. And the next, the next step is um, encouraging more feedback the other way, I think as well. So, um, it's, it's, it's difficult culturally, I think to get your head around that we just, you know, from, I mean, like the Anglo sort of Saxon culture where we're sort of averse to feedback, but, um, I think we, and giving it sometimes, but uh, it would be great to foster more feedback the other way. Um, so that's definitely one of my things to do for the next, little while is to is to provide to to encourage the people I coach to provide me with more feedback
0: we should get them to listen to the episode and have them critique your podcast <laughs> <first>. <laughs> <laughs> sure let's let's start
1: let's start from that that's a good place to start anyway
0: <laughs> i mean i think an important thing to note here and this is this is just a comment and not a question but i think that culture of um, support and feedback and checking in i mean that really does flow down to when we have summer clerks here and you know, people are interviewing that process. I mean, something that always struck me about Alan's was how genuinely invested people seemed in me and how supportive they were and willing to talk about all sorts of things. I remember emailing my buddy and saying like, oh, you know, how is the second round interview different from the first? Expecting a couple of sentences of like, you know, oh, I'll just know your resume, whatever. But what I got was this like essay with subheadings and bullet points.
2: Well, that's very Alan's, isn't
0: it? <laughs> oh, it was beautifully crafted. Bullet
2: points and subheadings, Wow. But I think yeah, it, you raise a really good point. I mean, what are we if we, we're not about our people? That is how we do our work. That is how we make money. That's that's what we do for clients. So we must, in my personal view, we must be necessarily invested. And having been at a few other places, Alan's is, is putting a lot of effort, I think, and, and rightly so, into into uh, the career deal and, and uh, how we engage with people and make sure that they have a very fulfilling career as well. It's why I'm back, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. I mean, Caitlin, has that been your experience? Because obviously you sort of started for not even (laughs) three weeks and then you got sent home before you really got to know everyone.
3: Yeah, that's right. I was there for a a hot minute. I made an appearance. Um, And then... um, yeah, went back into my uh, childhood uh, bedroom to start my graduate <laughs> career, which was uh, a lovely twist. Um, and no, it definitely, it, it runs, it runs true even more so now. Uh, exactly what you guys have been saying. There's been a, a massive effort, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't really know any different, but all I can say is that I'm very comfortable and I feel very supported even Um Sitting here right now, while my sister tries to intrude into my bedroom, I still know that I feel like I'm in a workplace, which is kind of a strange thing. Because at first, when it was we were breaking, you know, it was it was all changing. And there was that transition. It was really hard to come to grips with. But very quickly, I think that performance coaching and that level of general support laterally across the board, um, that concerted effort to maintain that virtually. Um, has made all the difference because it just alleviates that sense of isolation and makes you feel like you actually belong somewhere, even though, you know, you're sitting on a dining room chair and a single bed is behind you. Like you feel like you might as well be in the same place. So, yeah, I've definitely found it. I've got a great performance coach. We catch up every week. um, And, yeah, I agree with everything that's been said about kind of – it pushes away a little bit of the small talk as well when, you know – the world is slowly imploding around you and you kind of have to check in on each other in a more, in a deeper way across the board, not just with your performance coach, but with other people. And I think that's definitely been fostered. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Although I have to admit, people know more about me now uh, and my home life than they probably ever wanted to. So there's swings (laughs) around.
3: That's also true. People have been subjected to, um, to some pretty uh, niche things, but, uh, it's brought us closer. No doubt.
1: I've had a couple of of, of uh, video cons where I've had to have a have a baby on my lap for some reason because um, being at home is it. Sometimes it's difficult to uh, be invisible to your children, but that's also a bit of a delightful aspect to it as well.
0: Well, I've got to say, my parents have made a few appearances on video calls too. <laughs> my dad walks in exclusively when I have the video on, but there you go. Yeah, yeah.
3: they can sense it.
2: My wife did make the comment that, oh, so you're a, you're a circle back kind of person, I not That's interesting. <laughs> Hopefully in divorce is not impending.
1: Exposed.
0: <laughs> well, guys, I think this has been a really interesting conversation, I think especially for Caitlin and myself, just in hearing your perspectives on your careers and sort of mentorship and development. The one thing we do like to ask people before we wrap up an episode is if you could go back to yourself on day one of your career and give yourself some
1: advice, what would that be? Yes, yeah, sure. I, I've got a couple of um practical ones. I guess the first one is um keep your contacts. So the contacts that you have now from university, the contacts in your sort of uh grad cohort. Um these will be your, as Tristan sort of alluded to earlier in the conversation, these will be your peers um, and even the people you work uh with who are above you, they may go on to different places or stay in the firm and um that will be your network. And more than anything, you need a network in this modern day and age, and um that network will help you in ways that you won't even know about um until some point in the future when you when you come to call on it. Or it comes to call on you as the case may be I think um, I think you should try and be sort of kind and professional I mean kindness in kindness to yourself um, it's a, it's a it can be a, a, a profession which can be you know it is tough it is um, it uh, is challenging and so you need to take time to take time out to be with your family I think you need to be uh, kind on yourself in terms of knowing that there's a lot of learning to be done. So don't expect to be um, top of the profession straight away. I think that you should give yourself time to grow into the profession and obviously be professional and courteous um, and kind to the people you work with as as that's part of the reputation that you're, that you're building in your career. And finally, I would just say, look, I think one of the, the sort of, the mottoes that I live by is is never mit, dismiss an opportunity to learn, whether that's learn from a matter or learn from somebody or learn about somebody or learn something that just um, you don't know how it's going to enrich you or how it's going to benefit from benefit you. but um, never just dis- dismiss that opportunity to learn something from it, something that you're you're doing or or about somebody. I think you if you if you approach things with that sort of inquisitive mind. you'll you'll get a lot more out of your career. Amazing. Thank
0: you. And how about you, Tristan?
2: I think that's all really excellent advice, actually. Maybe I'll proffer something more general, which is relax. And what do I mean by just relaxing a bit? I think it's often repeated advice that your career is a marathon and not a sprint. I think a lot of people, and certainly I did, you get concerned about fast, linear progression, I want to know everything immediately and and, and and progress through. I want all the big deals. I want to go ahead. So I think it sort of touches on Felicity's point a little bit. Once I relaxed, realized this is a long-term career. You're in it for the long haul. Take the second secondment opportunity. Look for those opportunities where, you know, you find interest. You know, explore different areas of practice. If you need, if you go and talk to somebody else, and want to explore something else, we'll support you in that. I went overseas. That was an amazing opportunity. So relaxing into it a little bit and taking opportunities and not just trying to get to the top as fast as possible has provided a lot more interest and diversity to my career and it certainly made it vastly more rewarding i think and interesting um than if i had just you know tried to stick to my m a guns that i thought when i first started and this is going to be my job and i want to be partner you know as soon as possible so relaxing taking advantage of those opportunities and being being flexible i think has meant i still enjoy my career 12 13 years
3: later thanks so much guys for sharing your stories with us today it's been great to learn about how the career deals played out for you and how you'd like it to play out uh, in the future for juniors really enjoyed it and thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you next time
2: a pleasure thanks so much
3: thanks guys